0: The first, we'll we'll jump right in, and it says this in Ephesians 5, 1 through 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God this is all i got i seriously i i had so many more verses and i couldn't get past this and you'll you'll see why he starts off in verse 5 and he says this therefore be imitators of god as beloved children he makes a declaration he says this that you and i as christians those who have come into a relationship with jesus are to be imitators of the father that we imitate the father. And then he says this little thing, he says, as beloved children. And there's a reason that he says that. It's very important that you understand why he says that. And I want to tackle that a little bit today. How does someone imitate the Lord and walk as a beloved child? Now, uh, we talk about it often. I want to talk about the natural and the spiritual, because as I always say, what do I say? Natural, spiritual, what? Run parallel to one another. They're on parallel tracks. They're on train tracks. You have the natural. That's what we're in right now. It's your natural family. It's your mother, your father, your sisters, brothers, cousins, whatever it is. The natural world that, <clears throat> excuse me, that we live in. But then you have this other side. That's the spiritual world where God would speak, and He'd speak of a father, a heavenly father, or brothers and sisters, or He'd speak in in a spiritual realm or sense. So we we have these two that run parallel to one another. This side of heaven, we don't really know where they intersect, but they do intersect, and we know that that they intersect in each of our lives, the natural and the spiritual. And I want to take some of those parallels this morning and, and show you a little bit of what they're talking about or what Paul is talking about. See, when, when you in, imitate the father as a beloved child, you don't think about it, you just do it. There, there's, I'm looking at my notes here. Did I mess up my notes here? Do they change? Okay. Um, there, there's several things that happen when you imitate Christ as a as a child or God as a child. And the, and the first one is this: when you imitate the Father as a beloved child, you don't think about it. You just do it. It's it's just just naturally comes forth. See, it, it's it's interesting because kids don't think about. Their relationship with their father, and that they they don't think that. Well, am I really his or am I not his? How are we doing here? Okay, we got a little bump
1: in the. Can I can I go to the next one?
0: It's not letting me. Sorry. Ah, Thank you very much. You guys good? You with me? All right. (laughs) Why does Paul use the picture of a beloved child? Because it's the most natural of all relationships. Now, don't I don't want to offend husband and wife. You go, oh, that's the natural relationship. Well, husband and wife, there's there's a natural relationship and there's a connection that takes place. But it's it's on a, a choice basis, you know. You you chose her, she chose you. Hopefully, by the grace of God, you chose the right person. And, and God, when he brings them together, they become the right person. But there's something about birthing a child that's a little bit different. The relationship, the natural relationship that takes place. They didn't get to choose me as dad, and, and I didn't necessarily choose them as son or daughter. I, I chose to have a child, but, but there wasn't this, hey, I want to be born to, you know, Jeff Bezos and, and you know, and, and be rich and wealthy. You know, some, of you got, some people got stuck with me, you know, a pastor. And, 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 and Paul uses this because this natural picture of the love that a father has for his son or his daughter With the love that a father or that a son or daughter has for their father. See, because it's it's this. I want to be just like you, Dad. I want now again, natural, spiritual. In the natural, when you're growing up, in the natural, I'm growing up and I'm looking, I have a wonderful father. I had a wonderful picture of what a father it was. And it's like, I wanna be like you, Dad. There's this connectiveness, there's this relationship. See, in, and that's in the natural what takes place, in a healthy family. And, and I hope at some point my kids have gone, hey, I wanna be like you, dad. I know there's times they said, I don't wanna be anything like you, dad. But I, I hope there are times where they say, I wanna be like you, dad. Now, in in the spiritual side of things, so that's the natural realm with kids in a healthy relationship. In a spiritual sense, what Paul is saying, the same thing should happen. It should be this, I wanna be like you, daddy. I want to be like you, Father God. When you come into this relationship with God, when you truly have this encounter with God and you realize that he's Father God, what Paul is saying is is that there's just this, this connectiveness that we as Christians should walk in, in the spirit. I want to be more like you, Dad. When you're walking in intimacy with the Father, you never think these things. Am I really his? Does he really care? Will he listen? In the natural, when my kids, you know, are they're my kids, uh, I hope. and Now it breaks down on some levels because sometimes I I don't listen, <laughs> you know. Hopefully, I always cared. Sometimes, you know, I, you just didn't listen. But but in the natural, most kids don't go. Hey, is am I really his son? Am I? Do, does he really care about me? Will, will he really listen to me? In the natural, of these things. And on the spiritual side, when you walk with the Father, as Paul is talking about, as that child, you don't question if he hears you. There's no questions around. Does he really care? Will he listen to me? See, there's a connectiveness with Father God, and you as a child of God. It's this. That's my dad. I, I, I love that. I, I, you know, as a father, I heard it a number of times when my kids were younger. And without even thinking about it, without them thinking about it, you know, when you hear them say, that's my dad, there, there's something in your, in your soul as a father of the natural that just just kind of goes, yes, I'm your father in 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 the natural it, it does something for a father, and there's a connectedness in the spiritual when we're connected with the father when we're connected with the father and and we have this relationship with the father, there's somebody that's my dad. there's a proclamation of who God is in our lives in what we do too, too far too many Christians. that guy. Far too many Christians have broken relationships in the natural with their father, and they are are paralleled in the spirit with their father. They don't trust their natural father because he was a complete idiot and left my family or abused my mother or whatever he might have done. And the connectiveness with the the spiritual father is, is very difficult and that's not the only excuse. The the main excuse for the connectiveness or loss of connectiveness for Christians is the fact that that we're just selfish. But God the Father has this heart, and he he just wants he wants to hear his kids say, "That's my dad." The issue with so many of us is we didn't have a good father to show us and it breaks down. See, when we talk about the natural and the spiritual, God meant for the natural father to be a picture of God the Father. He meant for men to love their wives well, to honor, cherish, and, and, and love them. He meant for the kids to watch dad, honor, cherish, love his mother, to defend, to fight for his family. That's that's what God meant to be. But when we see selfishness and sin enter the world, what happens, we have this breakdown and men start thinking about themselves and women start thinking about themselves and marriages start to break up and things go south and it gets really crazy. And there's these little kids and they're watching, they're going, well, th- that's supposed to be my dad. And that's not how dads are supposed to act. And then they, they meet this, this the heavenly father in the spirit, and they, they're very reticent because they go, well, this dad didn't stick around. Why would this dad? This dad was abusive. Why wouldn't this dad be? This dad in the natural didn't listen to me. Why would a spiritual father listen to me? And for some of us, we've got to get over that spiritual hump and know that the father, the father, the creator of heaven and earth, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, that he loves you unconditionally, that he hears you. In, in fact, so much, there's not a, a tear that falls to the ground without him catching it. There's not a cry of your heart that he hasn't heard. God the Father says this in Psalm 139 I love you so much. I got everything set out for you. And he he goes even deeper. He says, "This I love you so much. My thoughts for you are as numerous as the sand of the sea." We've talked about this before. Anybody been to the beach lately? You you can't count it. His thoughts for me, one person. Now take the six billion or however many are on this earth. His thoughts for individuals are as numerous as the sand of the sea. And for those of you who struggle with that natural father and therefore struggle with that spiritual father, it's, it's literally a brokenness and just going, God, I'm sorry, I don't understand. And, and diving in to see and allow him to reveal himself to you in a greater way, to heal those wounds. The second thing, when you imitate the father as a beloved child, Paul said, imitate the father as a beloved child. The second thing you do when you imitate the father as a beloved child, you know who you are. You have full understanding of who you are. When you imitate the father as a beloved child, you know your name. You know who you are. When you know who you are, you don't have to be told you're a son or daughter. And you don't believe the lies that you're not. Why? Because you have a name. There, I, I, you have a name. I, I, with my children regularly would talk to them about your name matters your name matters. Blue matters. And I learned this from my father and my mother. Your name has value to it. People look at me, they look at my father, my mother, when they look at me. When they see me do something stupid, my dad would say, well, you know, that reflects on me. Your name brings brings your family together. You have a name. And in 1 John 3, 3, it says this, see what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. In other words, he's saying this, that you and I, when we come into this relationship with God, become children of God, and you have a name, a name above all names that you represent. You can know who you are. You can know why God created you. You can know that you have purpose. You don't have to walk in the the wilderness not understanding who you are. You can have assurance of your salvation. You can have assurance of God's purpose in your life
1: because you carry the name above all names. There's fewer, prouder
0: moments than when a mother or father See a child that that makes a wise decision. Chris talked about one today. It could have been real easy for a 17-year-old girl whose dad is a pastor to quietly just
1: go away and not have a baby.
0: It could be real easy to to just kind of no one would ever know. But when she came and uh, told us what she was going to do. The initial shock was initial shock. I'm sure you heard Chris cussing from the rooftops. You know, it was wild. I was actually the voice of reason in that situation, was I not? Which is hard to believe. (laughs) True story. There There was a pride that we had. That word pride. There was a a, 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 a pride in the Lord, in in a thankfulness to God that this young girl decided to keep this baby. And in fact, in the middle of the chaos of it, she looked at us and said, "said You know, weren't you guys the ones who said that God can work everything together? weren't weren't you the parents that told me that I I can I can take the bad things and make them right. And we had to look in the mirror and go, okay. See, see when you carry the name above all names, Jesus, there's a tension of, of the, the, the power that comes in the name of Jesus and the humility and, the, and, the, and just the, the surrender that takes place in your life because in, in, the, the word says this, all that he is, all that he has is yours, John 17, 10. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine. That's where we get caught up. We like the part everything that God has is ours. We don't like the part where everything I have is his. So in the spirit, he says, it's we're family. Mine yours, it's all it's like with my children, the natural it's 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 all especially with my food, it's all theirs, it's all mine, they don't pay for it, but they act like they do, and that's all right' Because that's family, but too many Christians say I like that part again, all of yours is mine, but I'm not sure I want to give you all that mine is yours. I'm not sure I agree with that. See, when when you're a son or daughter of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, you should walk a little differently. There should be a greater level of security in who you are. You, You should be able to fight a little differently. You should hold your head a little bit higher, not because of you, but because of the one who lives in you. Because you carry the authority of a name. You carry the authority of a name that is above all names. You carry an authority of the one who overcame death. When you come into the relationship with Jesus and when Jesus is your Lord and Savior and you become a part of his family and who he is, you have an authority over death through Christ Jesus. So then what what the heck can happen to you here that really is going to throw your world into a complete tailspin? You have authority over death. There's nothing that the enemy can do to you here They can make you feel bad. They can make your life miserable here. But here, this is only but a moment in time. Eternity is a long time. And we have life, eternal life through Christ Jesus Amen. because of the name of Jesus, the name above all names, the name that I carry because of what Jesus did on the cross. I have
1: authority over death. Those hurts and those doubts and those, and that depression and all that I am walking in. It's in the name of Jesus. The issue is in the natural, too many of us are believing the lie.
0: You've bought into the lie. In the spirit it says, I have all authority. In the in the spirit it says, I'll be with you. In the spirit, Jesus says, I'll give you the peace. In the natural, the enemy says, He's a liar. It ain't gonna happen. Your circumstances aren't changing. You're an idiot. You're a loser. You're filling the blank. And over time, because we don't renew our mind with the washing of the word, what happens is we start to believe the very lie that the enemy gives us, and we start walking in it. And, and, and I can only imagine, there are times when I'd watch in the natural, and I'd look at my kids, and they'd be downtrodden, or they'd have a bad game at some sport, or they'd be tough at school in a grade or whatever. And i go, no, 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 let's go. Come on, let's go. You can do it. You're smart. You're beautiful. You're kind. You're, you can win. You can fight. You can do this. And speaking life over them some of you need that in the spirit you need to hear someone speak life over you and just and and tell you that god is for you he's not against you that you have authority you're not beaten down and beaten to a pulp where you can't stand see i say it all the time i don't know that your tough situations are going away i can't make that promise the bible doesn't make that promise I can't tell you that you're going to get completely healed. I can't tell you you're going to be rich. I can't tell you you're going to marry a beautiful wife. I can't tell you're going to marry a not-so-beautiful man. I can't guarantee, but what I can guarantee you is this. What this word tells me is this, that I'll be with you, Jesus. Sometimes that's all I got. When I tell it often. I'll tell it again. When we're going through our stuff... All's we had was Jesus. Wake up and you go, all right,
1: I quit, God. What are you going to do today? What are you going to do?
0: Some of you are right there. And you just need to know who you are in Christ Jesus when you came into that relationship. And you need to wake up in the morning you need to quit. And you need to ask him to resurrect your life. And it doesn't look anything like you think it looks. And you better be willing to deal with that. I wasn't
1: until I was. Stop believing the lies.
0: Stop believing the lies. When you you imitate the Father and walk as a beloved child, you don't believe the lies. When you imitate the Father as a beloved child, you walk in obedience. You walk in obedience. There's, There's this huge disconnect in the Christian community. There's this huge disconnect in church. And the disconnect is this. I can say I'm a lover of Jesus, but I can do whatever the hell I want. Are you kidding me? Some of you just woke up because I said hell in church. Are you kidding me? The, in the natural my children are not allowed to to walk around and say that oh, I'm a blue and I get every right as a blue. I get to be in this house. I get to eat your food. I get to go to the movies with you. I get to do all the things that you want to do. But in the, but what I I get to do is whatever I want. I can bring girls over. I can bring guys over. I can sleep around. I can drink, party. No, 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 no. This is who we are as blues. This is how we're gonna live. I'm the father. These are my rules. <laughs> My rules aren't because I'm a complete fill-in-the-blank. My rules are because I I, I see something and want to protect you. I don't want you to get hurt. When when, When you imitate the father as a beloved child, you walk in obedience. When you love your father, when you love your father with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, as it says here in Deuteronomy, you want to please him. You fight to obey. You fight for obedience. It's not perfect. No one's perfect. We all have crashes, but you fight for truth and you fight for obedience. John 14, 21. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. How do we know we love him? We keep his commandments. How how can I, you know, how do I know my children love me? They're obedient. Now they're not, that's it, it breaks down in many ways. I'm not saying perfection because I I am not completely obedient to the Father. But my heart is that I'd be obedient to the Father. Here's the issue with that. You don't have a relationship, and that's why you struggle with obedience. You stop fighting to obey. See, when, when this whole thing is just religion, just rubbing the genie in the bottle to get what you want, free ticket to heaven. When it, when it's religion, you, you don't have relationship. And when you have religion, and you don't have relationship. There's no intimacy. And, and when it's just religion, you check off the box, check off the box. I'm going to check off the box. I'm going to go to church once a month. I'm going to try not to swear as much. Or I'm going to try not to, whatever it is, you're checking off the box, as opposed to a relationship with the Father. If my in the natural of my children all they did was check up the box. Okay, let me see here. All right, my father. He's dad, so he's supposed to pay for that. He's dad, so he should give me a roof over my head. He's dad, so he should do this. He's dad, so he should. If it's just a checklist and there's no intimacy and relation between one another, is it really a father-son relationship, a father-daughter relationship? And in the same way, when we don't have relationship with God, we stop fighting for obedience. Paul tells us to be imitators of God and beloved children. How do we walk in this? How how do you actually walk in what Paul is calling us to? Through relationship with the Father. You want to know how to fight for our families this year? It starts with your relationship with God. You know, I, I can come up and I can give you books. I can preach crappy messages. I can, that was kind of funny. Just I, see the problem with you not laughing makes me think maybe they really do think they are crappy messages. Okay, much better. <laughs> I, I can, I can, we can give you stuff, but if you haven't encountered the father relationally,
1: it's just going to be more stuff.
0: What's the fruit of your relationship with the father? What does the fruit in your life look like? Are you the same person you were 20 years ago in Christ? Or or maybe it just, I'm not looking for home runs here. I'm just looking for singles. There are very few home run hitters. I need to get up in the morning and go, okay, let me hit a single. Let me, and sometimes as ugly as can be. Let me hit a single and be more like Jesus. Maybe it's just being kind to someone at a, wherever I got my coffee, What's the fruit of your relationship with the Father? See, because Paul says this, love and sacrifice, love and sacrifice, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. It's about love and sacrifice. Deuteronomy 6 shows us what that looks like. And these words I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down. And verse 6, it says specifically, and these words I command you today shall be on your heart. When when, When the word of the Lord is in your heart, you walk in love. When this word is in you, you tend to walk in love. When you're separated from this word, when this word doesn't sit inside your soul, you don't walk in that same love. How do we do this? How do we walk in this love? We keep the word of the Lord in our hearts by renewing our minds with the washing of the word. Romans 12.2, we renew our mind, we wash, and God changes us, walking in love in the Ten Commandments. You should have no other gods before me. You should make no idols. Do not take the name of the Lord God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Honor your father and mother. And when you walk in obedience of God, the word with love, sacrificially. You walk with a sacrifice. And how, do, how do I do this? Deuteronomy tells us again. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Paul says to, to, to imitate Jesus and, and, and sacrificially love, and Deuteronomy tells us how to do it. In other words, you fight for your family. You fight for your family. How do you do this practically? Deuteronomy 6 tells us, talk of them when you're eating dinner in your house, sitting around when you go on walks around the back bay. It's, it, 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 sorry, my mind, I, I saw it in a different format, and now it's... it's uh, but before you go to bed, Before your foot hits the floor in the morning, you you encounter God. Deuteronomy says these things. How are we doing and how are we going to fight for our families in 2024? We're going to do what the Bible tells us to do. See, it's, it's doing these things with our children, in our families, with our spiritual family and friends that changes them. You have to fight that time and that dinner with your family. It doesn't come easily. You've got to say in your heart, I am, I'm taking this time with my family and we're going to eat together because something happens when you eat together. When you're sitting around the table, conversations that take place, conversations that you have with one another, the way you react, the way you respond, When you when you you get one-on-one time with your children, spiritual and otherwise, and you go on these walks before they go to bed at night. When when these conversations, that that's usually her special space because I go to bed at seven or eight. (laughs) But at twelve o'clock at night, some crazy things happen with kids. You have these conversations. Before your foot hits the floor in the morning,
1: on the way to school, you want to fight for your children? Deuteronomy tells us how. Paul tells us what it looks
0: like. It looks like sacrifice. It looks like love. You look like imitators of Christ Jesus. How are we going to fight for our families in 2024? Love and sacrifice. Love and sacrifice. This love, this, this sacrifice, you have to fight for your dinner talks. You have to fight for your time with them.
1: Just going through. We have to fight for
0: our relationships. What's the result of fighting for your children? Proverbs 22.6 says this. Turn up your child in the way they should go. Even when they're old, they will not depart. The ministry we were a part of for years used to used to tell us this all the time, and all their kids were just perfect. So they would tell us, just train your kids the way they train your kids. Deuteronomy 6, train your kids and your kids will be perfect. Well, they lied to us. See, because that scripture was says, train your child in the way they should go, even when they're old, they will not depart. What it means is, and what they don't tell you, and what I'm telling you today is this, train up your child in the way they should go. There may be some gaps in between, and then they'll encounter Jesus. They'll come full circle. But if you don't train them up in the way they should go, that promise isn't a promise anymore. What is the result of the fight?
1: We walk in love. When we fight
0: for our relationship with God, when we fight for our families, we walk in love, we sacrifice for others. How are we gonna fight and strengthen and pour into our families in 2024? Love and sacrifice. Love
1: and sacrifice. We're going to rest into our relationship with God. And our children are going to watch and they're going to go, okay, that's what it looks like. We're going to give you resources to, to uh, fight with your children
0: or relationship with God. We're going to have marriage conferences February 10th, 9 till 3, $50. Don't worry if you don't have the money, we'll take care of it. But we're going to do that. We're gonna have classes for raising children. We're gonna give you practical tools. And some of you are going, well, none of that falls into my space. Okay, then you know what? Sacrifice and love and then pray for us because we need it. Maybe take it to your grandchildren or as we said, maybe in the spiritual realm, you grab a hold of some young man or some young woman that doesn't have a father in the Lord, that doesn't have a chance, and you grab a hold of him, and you pour yourself into them. love and sacrifice.
1: And then he finishes with this in Ephesians
0: 5:2. Paul says this, and that, everything we just talked about, and that is the fragrant offering to the father what do you have to give to god i got nothing i don't have money i don't have what. i don't have power and none of us do if god is god he's other than none of us have anything that we could actually give him that he needs or wants it's like christmas at my house what are you gonna give me another tie i mean what really Take that exponentially and grow it. We've got nothing that we can give him. But here, Paul says, This is what you can give the Father. This is the fragrance. This is the this is what the Father wants: love and sacrifice. And that's what we're choosing to give our families in 2024.
1: That's what we're going to do. Let's pray.
0: Father, I thank you for this time this morning. God, I thank you for these men and women. Lord is as we look to this year
1: and uh god there's so much going on politically the world wars famines huh sounds familiar god there's so much god we've got to just trust in
0: you but Lord, that trust is walked out when we encounter you in our relationship, when, when, God, when we pour back into our children, into our families, natural and spiritual. God, we thank you for this opportunity.
1: God, let us know you in a greater level. Let us fight for that which you've called us to fight for. Jesus name. Amen. Amen.
0: As we stay in this attitude of worship, it's the time that we receive communion and, uh, there's communion stations, the right or the left and into the back. The Bible says this in the night that Jesus betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body. That's been broken for you. He said, eat this in remembrance of me. And then he took the, the wine that represented his blood. And he said, this is the covenant I'm making with you, my blood.
1: And as you, as you receive the juice, let it be a reminder of Christ's love for you and sacrifice for you.
0: Before you come and receive, just examine your heart. And then when you're done, Come back to our seats and let's finish
1: in an attitude of worship. And then let's go be the church. Let's go be the church.
0: Father, I thank you for this time of communion. Lord, I pray that you would, uh, Lord, as we examine our hearts, we, we just say thank you that we're forgiven. We thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your son, Jesus, who gave his life for us.
1: Lord, that we encounter you this morning in a new way. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.